this time next year. Written and read by Liz Hines. 19th of May, Monday. I was wrapped in a towel, ironing my blouse for work this morning, when a strange man walked past the kitchen window. It turned out to be the postman with a parcel. He claimed he knocked the door, but could hear the radio so assumed I was in the shower and was bringing it round to the back door to leave in safety. His eyes were on my towel when I opened the door, but as they moved up to my face, I swear his dropped. I'm sure he must have seen worse sights in the early morning. My mother sleeps in curlers, but then again she won't answer the door while wearing them, or before she has put on her lipstick. Maybe I should start listening to my mother. Pippa and Bev both phoned this evening. Pippa has made an appointment for me at her hairdresser's for Saturday afternoon, and Bev is taking me shopping Saturday morning. They are taking me in hand, they say. Anyone would think I was a teenager going to her first party. 20th of May Honestly, the cheek of some people. I'd only just arrived in work when the phone rang. Good morning, Davis and Davis, financial advisers. Oh, good morning. This is David Davis. I would like to speak to your young Mr. Davis, please. Certainly, Mr. Davis. I'll put you through now. I transferred the call, put down the phone and carried on opening the mail. A minute later, the phone rang again. Good morning, Davis and... You cut me off. What? You were supposed to be putting me through to young Mr. Davis and you cut me off. No, I didn't. I assure you, you did. And I assure you, I didn't. It must have been your mistake. I cut myself off, you mean. Precisely. Why would I want to do that? I have no idea, but you obviously did. I didn't. You did. I... Oh, for heaven's sake. This is turning into a pantomime. What happened to the customer-is-always-right ethos? I took a deep breath. One moment, sir. I'll connect you again. Once again, I was amazed at the cheek of the man. Anyone would think I didn't know how to operate a telephone. I've never cut anyone off before. Well, not for a long time, anyway. I was still muttering under my breath when young Mr Davis came out of his office and said, Alice, could you email the Vivemort Fund information and an application form to David Davis, please, when you've drunk your coffee? I have his email address here. You know the information I mean? Oh, yes, of course, Mr Davis. I quickly found the information that was required and attached it to a very polite email. I even included my wishes that he should have a good day, and I resisted the urge to add, in spite of spoiling mine, again. Ten minutes later, I noticed an email from David Davis arriving. Normally, I deal with email correspondence twice a day, but I was curious to see if there was any sign of an apology in his email. I clicked to open it. I am curious, Alison, if I may call you that, as to why you should think I would have a husband at all, let alone a dead one. Regards, David. I stared at the email. I understood the words, but I didn't have a clue what he was talking about. I clicked on the reply button. Mr. Davis, are you feeling quite well? I only ask as your email to me was utter gibberish. Yours, Alison Turner. I clicked the send button and waited. I didn't have to wait long. 
Mrs. Turner, I am in perfect health. However, my concern is growing for your state of mind, David Davis. I was just composing a cutting reply when the phone rang. I snatched it up. David and Davis, financial advisers, yes, I snapped into the mouthpiece. You sent me a widow's form. What? The Vivemort fund information you sent. It was for a widow. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. It can't have been. I have it here in front of me. Whilst we were talking, I flicked through my sent folder and checked what it was I had actually emailed to him. I wouldn't have put it past him to make up a complaint. I groaned to myself when I saw that he was right. I bit my lip. I certainly wasn't going to admit that to him. Oh, very well, Mr Davis, if you say so. I'll resend the information straight away. The correct information this time? Of course. Will there be anything else? No, that's all, thank you, Mrs Turner. It's Ms, actually. Then, thank you, Ms Turner. 23rd of May, Friday. Success at last. I found a simple black top to wear with my old, but still smart, black trousers, and I'll finish off the outfit with the gold chain necklace that Brian bought me for my 40th birthday. I phoned Bev to tell her there was no need for us to go shopping in the morning, but she insisted that she'd have to come round to inspect me. She brought Pippa and a bottle of wine with her, and the two of them settled down onto the sofa with their glasses while I went and changed. Ta-da! I did a twirl for them. What do you think? There was a moment's silence, and then Bev said, Good grief, Alice, has someone died? Don't be silly, Bev. It's an ageless classic look. I'm thinking Audrey Hepburn. Ah, oh, pass me the bottle, Pip. I'm going to need another drink. I could see I was wasting my time on Bev, who was definite leanings towards Tarty, so I turned to Pippa. What do you think, Pippa? It's stylish, isn't it? Hmm, it would be if you were going to a funeral. Oh, come on, I think I look good. What's wrong with it? How can I put this? Oh, yes, it drab. And didn't you remember any of the things we said about choosing clothes when we took you out for your birthday? Yes, I remembered black was slimming. Not when it's high up around the neck. Yeah, honest, Alice. You look about as sexy as a sack of Swedes. Bev sighed. Never mind, I'll take you shopping tomorrow morning and we'll get a real stunner of an outfit for you. But I don't want to look like mutton. For goodness sake, Alison, Pippa said. It's possible for older women to look good and sexy, Bev interjected, without dressing like their teenage daughters. 24th of May, Saturday, day of the party. I've showered, dressed and am sitting waiting for my lift now. It's not due until 7.15, but I dare not move more than necessary for fear of falling out of my dress. I'm sure it didn't reveal quite so much bosom in the shop. They must have had subtle lighting casting shadows and given the effect of modesty. I wouldn't have allowed Bev to persuade me to buy it if I'd realised it was quite so... sexy. I can't say I'm entirely displeased with the result, though. It might just remind Brian what he's missing. If he's missing them. <laughs> Probably not with Bimbo to distract him. I'm not looking forward to this evening. I can't avoid speaking to Brian, but really I cannot make small talk with the woman who stole my husband. 
Oh, I also hope these shoes wear in quickly. Although there's so little of them, they're more likely to wear out before wearing in. I should never have allowed Bev to talk me into them. I managed to walk from the bedroom to the living room with the aid of the wall, but a dance floor might be more difficult. I'll have to keep a tight hold on my partner. I just hope Antony is worth keeping a hold on. Antony has offered to drive us all, Bev, Simon and me. Adam is meeting friends in the pub beforehand. To the party, as he doesn't drink. I can't decide if his teetotalism is a good or bad thing. Good, he will not do anything to embarrass me in front of Brian and Bimbo. Bad, he might not be able to relax as he doesn't know anyone. I always find a little drink helps. But probably good thing on the whole that he doesn't drink, as he can carry me home afterwards. That is a joke, although I must remember not to drink champagne, as it doesn't agree with me. Last time I recall being very poorly after drinking it. I hope Anthony will look presentable. Bev has assured me that he is not unattractive in a Barry Manilow type of way. Does she mean he has an excessively large nose? Not that a large nose is necessarily unattractive, although that might depend on how large. In bed. Don't know why Bev dragged me out of the car and into the house when I was getting on so well with Antony. Spec she was jealous because I was the one being prosper, proper, 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 propositioned. Pepper is crossed with me too. But it wasn't my fault. Her mother sat on the floor first. I told Pippa that, but she wouldn't listen to me. She was too busy being cross. Pippa is boring, old fart. Think me and her should swap mothers. Oh, that is a good idea. I will suggest it. Bed now, on my own, as usual. Anthony's nose isn't that big either. Not compared to an elephant. <laughs> 25th of May, Sunday. Oh, I feel dreadful. It must have been the champagne toast. Obviously, I was not born for the high life. I can't remember much about the party. I hope I didn't do anything embarrassing. I've just read last night's diary entry. Why was I sitting on the floor with Pippa's mum? Did Antony really proposition me? Oh, dear. I'd better phone Bev to check. I was feeling rough before. I am overcome now. Bev told me that the reason I was sitting on the floor was that Pippa's mum was teaching me a dance that is much favoured by drunken holidaymakers in Ibiza. It involves sitting between each other's legs and rowing. This was after we had done the birdie dance, Superman dance and simply the best. And that was after I had insisted on clearing the dance floor so I could dance the tango with Pippa's dad. Which would have been all right if at least one of us had known how to do it. We got a round of applause, apparently, but only because Pippa's dad retrieved the rose from my cleavage with his teeth. Bev went on to tell me that the reason she had dragged me out of Antony's car was to prevent me dragging him, unwillingly, to my bedroom. When he refused my offer of coming in for coffee, saying that I ought to be in bed, I grabbed him and said, Come on then, gorgeous. Uh-oh, Bev's fairly sure that Brian and the bimbo had left before I kicked off. 
I do hope so. And at least I won't have to see Antony again. Should I apologise to Pippa? But it was her mother who taught me the dance, after all. And I am the one left scarred by the tango. But maybe I should adopt a slightly repentant tone when I speak to her. I can remember having a brief conversation with Brian when we arrived at the party. I also recall turning sharply and attempting to walk away when the bimbo joined us. Regrettably, I'd forgotten I was standing next to the chair Pippa's Uncle Dick was sitting in. I ended up bent over his knees. I put the blame on Bev and my new shoes, but Uncle Dick said not to worry, he'd enjoyed the experience. I'm fairly certain the bimbo didn't notice. She was too busy wrapping herself round my husband. X. Brian was wearing a new suit. At least it wasn't one I'd seen before. He looked different. I'd like to say he looked older and sadder, but that wouldn't be true. He looked young and happy. I'm glad for him, really I am. No, I'm not. I wish he were miserable and regretting what he'd done. I don't think I'd want him back, but I do want him to want to come back. I hope Antony turned me down because he was a gentleman, not because he didn't fancy me. I definitely need a new man in my life. I'll have to take the search more seriously. Lunchtime. Adam finally emerged from bed ten minutes ago. He greeted my surprisingly bright good morning with silence and a look that would have frozen penguins in their tracks. What's that for? I asked. I think you know, he said. I tried to do a rapid memory recall. Had I washed his favourite dry-clean-only jumper? Oh, called him Sweetie in front of his friends. Recorded last of the summer wine over his jackass strikes back video? Nope, nothing sprang to mind. Uh, no, sorry, Sweetie, uh, sorry, I mean Adam, you have to give me a clue. I could see he was battling with himself. At last he muttered between his teeth, last night. Um, I don't seem to remember the events of last night very well. It was the champagne. I shouldn't drink it. It doesn't agree with me. Was there something in particular that upset you? You mean like my mother getting drunk and humiliating me? Is that particular enough? I had a sudden memory of my mother saying almost the same thing to me after a cousin's wedding party when I was 17. I quizzed Adam further, but it doesn't appear that I did anything in his presence other than dance badly, and I can't see why that should be so embarrassing for my son. I hadn't realised he was such a sensitive flower. Later. I plucked up my courage and phoned Pippa. She was cool at first, but she could never stay mad for long. By the end of our conversation, Pippa and I were laughing hysterically. So I think I'm forgiven. But surely my dancing wasn't that funny.